So at Palico, I'd say the most important thing to remember, if you're going to remember one thing, is that we're doing this connection engagement very radically different in that the LP is the one connecting to the GP. So the LP is the one in the driver's seat, the one in control, and the one that selects the GP basically on stage saying, I want to talk to you. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining our podcast, Capital Calls. We have a special episode today as we catch up with the host of this very podcast, Claire Commons, COO and Head of Strategy at Palico. Claire worked for over 20 years in private equity, having worked on behalf of pensions, endowments, and families. Now, as a leader in the PE tech space, we talk to her about the trends we are seeing across the invest tech space and the rapid changes they are bringing to the PE industry as a whole. Enjoy the conversation. Well, hello, Claire. It's great to be sitting with you once again. The last time we were in this position was in April of 2020, and we were doing our very first podcast together. Since then, we've gone on to do 17 podcasts, and with this one, this is our 18th. So just to kick this off, I wanted to ask you about you know, that whole experience that we basically had together. And, and of course, for you as, as the host of, of, of this new show, this new experiment we kicked off. As you said, we, this was a thing we tried last year. You know, we at Palco, we are the go-to community for many of our members. And so we're kind of a natural marketplace, not just for investment opportunities that everybody knows Palco about, but also a place to share new ideas. So this idea of creating a podcast that highlights leading voices in private markets actually was in some ways a natural growth for us. And as you said, we've interviewed people around the globe, literally from Singapore to Israel, and talked about investment strategies from venture to real estate to secondaries. And I think also importantly, talked with a number of different stakeholders from LPs to GPs to advisors and important organizations like like ILPA, and really running the gamut from global major investment firms like Brookfield and smaller and more nimble and creative endowments like the Carnegie Endowment for Science. So yeah, you're right. We hadn't done this before, but as you know very well, Palico, we love trying new things. And we've heard from some amazing investors who've shared some really interesting ideas. And we know it's a value to a lot of our listeners get thousands of downloads and hear from listeners all the time that they they find a lot of value in it. So yeah, I mean, this is really emblematic of, of what we do at Palico. We're looking to be the platform in the marketplace to share candid and authentic ideas and, and new ways of investing. And we're always looking for new guests. So <laughs> we feel like this is chapter one and, and hope to have many more chapters. Absolutely. And, and I think something that as we went into this, that was so interesting for us was just to see, you know, over time, how people began to engage more and more with this podcast. So it's, it's been a lot of fun to, to see that happen. But And for me, this has been super fun, selfishly, because I've been an LP for two decades, and I'm naturally a curious person and love learning from people. So it's been extra fun for me to get to speak to 
so many different really top quality investors. Yeah. And, you know, when, when we had this chat, of course, it was April last year. COVID is, is kind of happening. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. And we were talking specifically about secondaries, but, but things have changed a bit, especially at Palico since then, haven't they? Yeah, of course, COVID has changed all of our lives. And when I think back to our conversation, April 2020, we were literally in a different place. We were thinking about, you know, flattening the curve in two weeks. And I think, um, you know, reflecting back on, on what's, what's changed a lot, I think we've all figured out ways to focus on, on positives and it's forced all of us to be more open and creative about the way that we live and the way that we work. And what I'd like to think is that this has caused behavior to change for the good. And it's really this idea of not being a, a cyclical change, but more of a secular change. And that's really where the exciting story with Palico fits in because, you know, Palico has benefited enormously from this idea of people connecting and engaging and investing through through new channels, tech channels like Palico. And so we're thrilled to be yet another tool in investors' toolboxes to another channel to engage better. Yeah, absolutely. Going from that, I wanted to talk about something, you know, you've been a, a, an LP or an advisor for 20 years. You're, you're a veteran of the industry. You join this up-and-coming startup that's you know, disrupting industry. But, but maybe, you know, what I would love to talk about is investor relations and what it's been like over the last 20 years, and maybe even talking about, you know, what you saw and how that maybe even brought you Palico in of itself. Yeah, the investor relations function is something really important to, to talk about. And it's something that's, that's really evolved over time. To step back, you know, private equity is a is a huge and, and growing business. It's anywhere between seven and 14 trillion, depending on whether you're including real estate and real assets and some other, some other pieces within private markets. And the investor relations function has really grown, grown along with that as private equity has become more institutionalized. So is this function. I think the first place to start is what is the investor relations function? What do you do when you're in the investor relations seat? And, and really, I liken it to being the air traffic control tower of the entire firm. It's really one of the most critical functions between the, the fund and, and their investors. And really, in this position, the investor relations team wears an enormous number of hats. You know, they lead fundraising. So they engage with prospective investors and help the, the firm tell their story to prospective investors. They really lead the charge when it comes to ongoing portfolio review and, and monitoring with, with investors. They also manage the care of a number of other very important functions like, like secondaries. When an LP is looking to potentially divest of a, a fund position, yeah, they call the investor relations team. That's their main contact with the firm. And they, they generally start the process that way. So the investor relations team is often the leading voice when it, when it comes to dealing with LP transfers. And then finally, this is a, an important and growing area as well. This, this huge explosion of co-investment opportunities 
most private equity firms are now thinking about, besides a standalone fund, what are the different co-investment opportunities they can offer for investors? And it's really the investor relations team that is managing, disseminating that information and connecting with investors on co-investment. So basically, it's grown enormously in importance and, and impact. And I guess the last thing to say, you know, in terms of numbers and some of these details, I mean, when I was starting my career, I think, you know, most private equity firms really didn't have a developed investor relations team. Now it's kind of a really critical function. And when we sort of do back of the envelope estimates of the business and the, and the budgets, if you think about, you know, a $7 trillion industry back into it, that we, we believe it's about a $20 billion industry, just the investor relations function itself. So $20 billion a year within, within the private equity. And the way that you think about it, you know, if there's on average 1.5% annual management fees, when you look, when you kind of add up the details and do the math, 10 to 20% of those management fees really go to this very, very critical function of investor relations. So clearly, I mean, a pivotal role for, for uh, private equity funds. But, you know, one of the things that, that we talk about a lot is, yes, there's been an evolution of, of their importance, but in, in terms of how they get their job done, you know, we talk a lot about how the technology within that role hasn't really changed, has it? Yeah, I think most private equity firms are asking themselves an important question, which is, what are the right tech tools? What is the tech stack? That's the kind of nomenclature. What's the tech stack that I need to continue to grow and to remain competitive in the future? And as you said, the private equity industry has historically been underserved by tech. And this is really the exciting part of the story where this huge and growing important role of investor relations really intersects with Alico's. Palico story and the value that Palico brings to both the GP and the LP. Speaking of the LP, we haven't really talked about them, but of course, they're just as important, you know, on this uh, two-sided marketplace between GPs and LPs. Would love, especially from your point of view as someone that was an LP for a long time, to get your perspective on, you know, what's special about what is happening for LPs and, and, and the use of tech within that. Yeah, I mean, you know, this idea of GPs and LPs connecting and engaging is nothing new, right? I mean, people have been connecting, but the methods and the tools, as you said, have not been optimal and the industry has been underserved by tech. And basically the the sort of method has been that generally it's the GP that chases the LPs. It's very much of a push strategy, which is at worst kind of annoying and at best, just a waste of everybody's time. And also using really, you know, super old, ineffective tools like PowerPoint. And, you know, this is actually really how I got excited about Palico, because, you know, as, as I said, I, I've been doing this job of being an LP, you know, for 20 years. And there's this riddle that's really hard to solve, which is, okay, as an LP, whether you're at a big pension fund or a small endowment, realistically, you're only going to invest in 10 funds tops per year. So that's the end of the funnel. But the top of the funnel is to do your job right, you actually have to be able to know the entire market. And so how do you how do you solve that riddle of knowing the entire market 
but then getting quickly and efficiently to those 10 spots that you're going to fill. And frankly, from the private equity, the IR team side, it's actually the same exact riddle, just sort of a compliment. So really, we're helping IR teams and LPs do their jobs in an innovative, tech-forward, and compliance-friendly way. So at Palico, I'd say the most important thing to remember, if you're going to remember one thing, is that we're doing this connection engagement very radically different in that the LP is the one connecting to the GP. So the LP is the one in the driver's seat, the one in control, and the one that selects the GP basically on stage saying, I want to talk to you. And this is very different from, you know, whether you use a, you know, advisor or, or a database for the GPs calling, emailing LPs, they don't know who's interested, right? So at Palico, the GPs are only going to be talking with LPs who've already indicated that they're interested. They've already said, I would like to speak with you. Everybody wins in this game because there's less time wasted on dead leads for, for everybody. I think the, we talked about the kind of different way of connecting and then really this idea of a refreshing, unique channel with a super integrated tech interface where you can take your job as an LP of, you know, what do I need to do? I need to basically get to a first meeting. I need to decide which firms I want to have a call with. And you can do that in a super efficient way through our tech platform. And by the way, have access to super engaging video and audio content. It really helps the LP learn the story and the GP tell the story of their unique investment strategy in a great way. And I think the, f- the final thing that's super important, a little bit less sexy to talk about, is the, the compliance piece. And at Palico, we have designed the entire platform to be compliant. We only allow an accredited investors. We have a developed compliance team. We do AYC checks. This is an integral part of the Palico process. So the LPs and GPs are safe in the knowledge that they are engaging in a compliant and, and professional way. I think that's that last piece is something that, that gets overlooked. But it's something that in, in this day and age, it's so important to know that you're the one in control and that if you're the GP, you're controlling what you're sharing with the LP. And the LP knows that they're only speaking with professional investors as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I can certainly attest to the number of man hours, including many of, of yours, Claire, that go into the regulatory compliance because we are pushing the envelope in a new way, but always doing it with our clients in mind, both LPs and GPs alike. And on the channel piece, I think this is really exciting too, because, you know, the analogy that I I like to think about in the real world is 20 years ago, we called each other on the phone and then we had email and email gets a little fatiguing. And, you know, the past five years, this huge sort of IM texting messaging component has developed. And Young people, old people, everybody has figured out that texting, whether it's on WhatsApp or, or another platform, doesn't replace a phone call and it doesn't replace an email. It's a very important additional tool, additional communication engagement tool. And similarly, at Palico, we're not looking to replace in-person meetings. We're not looking to 
to replace the sort of traditional methods of connecting were really another another way for, for engaging. And I'd like to give an example that, you know, we have, you know, a GP that listing a fund on, on the platform, they actually recently received a commitment from an LP, you know, member of Palico. And the funny thing is that they actually knew each other a little tiny bit in the real world, but they were not aware one or the other that one, the LP was interested in investing in that specific strategy. And two, the LP wasn't aware that the GP was raising money. And so I think that's a really important kind of analogy with the kind of many tools of communication. The Palico has become and is continuing to become a critical engagement and a discovery tool for both LPs and GPs that really supplements and complements you know, all the tools that they already have. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a point that's super interesting and exciting for us here. It's content is king, not only for the Netflix and Hulus and, and other streaming, but, but also for us where, where we work with you know, these amazing PE funds so that they can quickly and consistently update information relating to the fund news, but in an environment that, of course, is regulated and where the LP takes the initiative to you know, seek that out. Very exciting stuff. And of course, I, I, I love that story about the GP and LP that actually knew each other and then, and then were reconnected as a result of the platform. And, you know, we continue to, to innovate. A very huge part of what we do is listening to our, our customers. And we actually created a basically an entire client experience team really to be thought partners with our, with our GPs. These investor relations teams that we work with are some of the smartest and, and most innovative people in the industry. And, and we have learned a lot from them and continue to innovate and make our product better every single day. It's funny, I was reading a, a biography about the guy who started the Ritz Hotels, Cesar Ritz. And everybody knows the name Ritz, right? He's, but he was actually born son of a Swiss farmer and they'd never left the village. And he grew this incredible empire of sophisticated hotels, partly by being so attuned to his customers' wishes and demands that he could even anticipate what the customers wanted before they did. And there's a story of he was opening actually the Ritz Hotel here in Paris. He sat down the day before it was opening and sat down at one of the restaurant tables they said, no, no, this is not right. The table is one centimeter too tall. And indeed he was correct. And he sent them all back. And while we don't, I'm not saying we're as good as Cesar Ritz at, at anticipating our, our GP clients needs, it is really a critical part of what we do. And we, it's such an honor and so exciting to be able to work with such sophisticated partners because it helps add to our product and help us you know, continue to innovate every day. Along those lines of, of you know, innovation in what we uh, affectionately call invest tech now, there are some other interesting players as well that, that we've been talking to and, and that are interesting as well as, as the uh, industry evolves, right? Yeah, I think this is a, it's a funny little dynamic where the private markets industry in general, specifically venture, but later stage growth as well, 
has been investing in innovative companies across many industries. But the sort of irony or the opportunity, depending on your, your mindset, is that you know private markets is still very underserved by tech. And that's where there's actually a lot of really exciting innovation. As you said, in this world called Invest Tech, which is a you know, it's a pretty specialized, but actually kind of huge, huge market. There's a lot of very interesting solutions looking to really help this industry with basic retooling. And as I said before, helping these private markets players think of what their tech stack needs to be. And whether you're talking about KYC solutions, you're talking about data room, talking about marketplace. You're talking about how to communicate different channels like chatting and distributing of content. These are all areas that 20 years ago, there wasn't really a solution. And that's what Palico does, all those things. And you're right to say that we're not alone. We're not the only firm doing this. There are a number of players that are doing things up and down the value chain. And, and we've been in partnership talks with, with a number of players that are working on other pieces like some of the diligence reports, some of the actual analytics when it comes to valuing secondary opportunities, and also some players that are really taking some of the headache and pain out of some of the more administrative parts of the process, like managing subscription documents. So you're right, there's a lot of really exciting innovation within our industry. Especially you, Claire, you you, you do a lot of the partnerships, you're talking to many of the companies that are innovating in, in the industry. So I can't think of anyone better to really talk about you know, the future. Where is this all going in terms of private equity, Investec, Palico? So if I may put out the crystal ball, especially now that the world is changing as well, like you know, these vaccines are starting to work and, and it, things like, it looks like things are opening up and people will meet in person soon, you know, knock on wood. So yeah, tell us, where, where do you see um, all this going? What's, what's the vision, you think? Well, I think it's a good place to end the discussion. You know, what's the crystal ball? I, I am an optimistic person, but I, I'm not sure about the world coming out of COVID anytime soon. I think if I were going to talk about a, a crystal ball type of thing, it's this idea that COVID has really been an opportunity and a, a dress rehearsal, if you will, for some of the bigger challenges that we're going to be tackling. Uh, let's talk about kind of the end of the world stuff like you know climate change. And so I believe very strongly in the power of uh, innovation and, and also what people can do when they're forced to do it and when they're bored, right? Because I think this past year, a lot of us have had a lot of time on our hands. It reminds me of of the story of when Albert Einstein was asked, you know, how he came up with the theory of relativity. He said, well, I was bored. So I'm very optimistic about, you know, what people can do when they're faced with both challenges and, and also time on their hand, which in some ways has been really what this past year has been with this twin kind of piece of lots of challenge and stress, but a lot of kind of dead time. And so I really think that all the tools we've discovered in this past year will put us in a good position, a better position to tackle some of our biggest generational challenges. And I do really believe that specific to our industry, you know, tech will become the linchpin and become the center of 
of investor behavior in private markets. Okay. Well, Claire, it's been great catching up with you since we spoke last April. It has been an amazing experience to talk to some of the top PE managers and LPs for the past year. Thanks for chatting. And, and we'll chat again soon enough, I hope. Yeah, let's not wait another year and a half. Yeah, exactly. Okay, thanks everyone.